the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Tuesday the 23rd. You're tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is normally Marcia Kavalik, but she's out for the Thanksgiving holiday. So I hope she, I think she's uh, mid-travel right now all the way down to, I think, Florida or something like that. So she she got out uh, just in time to beat all the holiday traffic, which is good because there's going to be a ton of it. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on today. Also going to talk about the nice Thanksgiving uh, party we had here at the station yesterday. Got some uh, audio that you'll hear that my little nephews uh, did for us. You'll hear that throughout the show today as well. So keep an ear out for that. But that's all coming up a little bit later on today here on Panhandle Live. But joining me in studio is author Bonnie Barrow-Smith. How are you doing this morning? I'm wonderful. Absolutely. Now, uh, we've had you on before. We had you on fairly recently, but we wanted to bring you back on again uh, to kind of re-talk about your book, Angels and Demons. For, so for those uh, that you know weren't around the first time you came on, what is Angels and Demons about? Okay, Saints and Demons. Or is Saints a, and Demons, sorry. Saints, Saints and, and Demons. Demons is a book about God, Satan, angels, demons. It's a story about a, a path to a better life. And this is a personal story, right? That is correct. Now, talk about that a little bit. Was it tough taking your, uh, you know, personal experiences, maybe well, good and bad, and kind of putting them uh, into book form? Did you, you know, change some things up a bit to kind of separate yourself, you know, a little when you were writing it? Um, I did, and I started out when I was young. It starts out when I'm six years old, mm-hmm. and it goes all the way up to the present. So it was it was a little different. I changed a few things, not a lot, yeah. because it's a wonderful story. But I changed a few things, but it turned out really well. So uh, when you were writing this, and it, you know, a lot of this is personal experience, was it tough kind of going back through some of the th- those uh, experiences? I mean, you said it starts when you're six years old. Yes, it was tough going back through the part with Satan and the demons. That mm-hmm. was tough. Now, are you cool to talk about that a little bit? Yes. Well, go ahead. Okay. Well, there, and it's chapter six, I think it starts, when I fell into darkness. Mm-hmm. Before that, well, let me give you a little clip yeah, from absolutely. chapter three, and then it'll lead up mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chapter three is titled Lights from Heaven. After my mom passed away, my mom and Jesus appeared to me in the middle of the night. At first, I was scared. I thought I was dying. I thought I was hearing voices. Uh, I, I'm sure. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. I would have thought the same thing. Yeah. So, but, and then after that, like two holy angels appeared to me. And at first, again, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was happening to me. I'm like, oh no, I'm not ready to die. Right, right. So, Absolutely. but then the Holy Spirit helped me to trust the angels. Mm-hmm. And the angels were very old. 
They stayed with me for like two years. Now, did you recognize them at all? Did they look familiar at all? Well, they're they're small in form, mm-hmm. and they're all light. The angels are all light. Yeah. When they were with me, there was no darkness in me whatsoever. It was wow. all light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're old. They're mm-hmm. very old. I once asked them how old they were. They said over a thousand years. Whoa. Well, that yeah. definitely probably would have gotten you started yeah. thinking a little bit. So what I did was I started studying. Mm. I started buying books on angels and, you know, the afterlife and everything that I could study that would help me understand what was happening to me because it was a little frightening. Oh, I'm sure. Even though it was like really peaceful and really great Mm -hmm. and I mean, the angels would sing joy to the world in my oh, wow. heart each day. And I'm sure it was tough to maybe try and talk to people about it because they would look at you like you have exactly. six heads and say, what are you talking about? Exactly. Until I wrote the book, I didn't really talk about it. I yeah. sort of kept it to myself. I did talk about it a little bit with my best friend. Mm-hmm. But until I wrote the book, when I wrote the book, I put it all out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then that helped me put it into perspective. It helped mm-hmm. me get it down on paper. And then it made sense. So then what led up to meeting Satan and the demons, That's a that was a little difficult. The mm-hmm. angels and my mom. Oh, I'm sure that was a Jesus. pretty different experience. Yeah, that was a different experience. So I sort of came face to face with Satan. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I did the same thing Jesus did. I just spoke the word back to him. Yeah. But then I did, you know, I did experience demons mm-hmm. and uh one part of the book, it talks about how I, spoke, I sprinkled holy water on the demons, and they would run. Wow. But they, and this is all happening at your house? Yes, it happened at my house. Wow. And it And demons are like ghosts. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you watched on TV. That's that They have that right because yeah. that's what they look like. Yeah. They look like little ghosts. Wow. And that was, that was difficult. I went through some difficult times in my uh like during that period mm-hmm. and that's in the book as well absolutely but <clears throat> in the end my mom and jesus and the angels came back so i defeated satan and the demons and then my mom and jesus and the angels came back to visit me so it is a little difficult to yeah. talk about because like you said people think oh wow right. You know, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with her. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How could that have happened? <laughs> yeah. But it's a true story. Again, speaking yeah. with author Bonnie Barr-Smith about her uh, book, Saints and Demons. Now, it sounds like this was a traumatic and, you know, wild experience. So what made you uh, finally decide to put it on paper and kind of put it out here for everybody to read it? Once after I experienced, it helped me to put it down on paper. Mm-hmm. Once I experienced it and once I wrote it down on paper, it made more sense to me. I was like, okay, I can, you know, I can handle this. I can deal with this. Kind of start to figure it out a bit. Yeah, to figure it out. Now, can you uh, let everybody know here real quick, and I still got some more questions for you, but where they can find uh, your book and maybe uh, pre-order or order it or, you know, pick it up? Yes, Saints and Demons was published in September of this year. Mm -hmm. It's available on Amazon it's available on Barnes and Noble, and you can also get it on my website. My website is www.bonniebearersmith.com. 
Now, you said you uh, you brought down a little excerpt uh, today from your book, and it's from chapter three. Uh, now, are there some pretty poignant chapters or some kind of ones to look out for when you're, uh, you know, reading through Saints and Demons? Yeah. Chapter- now, I know the whole book is, you know, to look out for, of course, yeah. but are so, there some big poignant moments? Yeah. Chapter three is, it's Lights from Heaven, mm-hmm. and that's a good chapter that talks about the angels. Yeah. My mom and Jesus, and then there's a couple chapters about joy and peace. Mm-hmm and taking a closer walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then chapter six starts the darkness. So the, so could you say this is kind of like a, uh, uh, you said this all kind of started after you lost your mom. So would right. you say this is kind of like a playbook of uh, grieving, I guess, sort of, or kind of like a, uh, a play-by-play, if you will, of kind of the processes, and then, of course, your different experience through that process? Yes, I, I believe it was, although the first time Jesus appeared to me, I was six years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I knew there was something different mm-hmm. when I was very young because he appeared to me when I was six. Right. And then I had an ordinary life, and then after my mom died mm. was when everything started happening, and I took a closer walk with the Lord. Wow. Because the more it was happening, I wanted, like I said, I studied. You accepted it more, yeah. I accepted it. I studied. I bought books on it. I I wanted to know everything about what was happening in my life. Again, speaking with author Bonnie Barr-Smith about her book, Saints and Demons. Now, uh, we have to go to a break here in just a minute, and I want you to let everybody know again one more time where they can find your book, where they can buy it. Uh, And, of course, you can always listen back to this a little bit later on today. But can you let everybody know where they can find your book? Yes, my book's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It's titled Saints and Demons by Bonnie Barrow-Smith. Perfect. Well, uh, again, author Bonnie Barrow-Smith, or Barrow-Smith, thank you for stopping in and chatting with us a little bit today. It sounds like such an interesting story. I'm ready to get my hands on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. On WEPN. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, dealing individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation, they provide legal counsel tailored to you. Visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsh is out for the Thanksgiving break. And that's a different voice than you're used to hearing uh, into or out of a commercial break into Panhandle Live. And that's my little nephew, Caden, my little uh, middle nephew, Caden. Uh, I was watching the uh, the boys yesterday. I think me and Marsh were talking about that a bit. And thankfully, uh, luckily, I guess I should say, we were having our Thanksgiving uh, party here at the station. And it was catered by TJ's Pit Stop down in uh, Charlestown. It's at 3511 Berrysville Pike in Charlestown. And I'm going to tell you, they have the best food I think I've had since I moved down here. And the spread that we had uh, for the Thanksgiving party yesterday was unbelievable. It was ham, turkey, uh, there was green beans, mashed potatoes, and gravy. The best mac and cheese I think I've ever had. And that's saying something because I've had a lot of really good mac and cheese in a day. Uh, but the best mac and cheese ever uh, rolls i mean anything everything and anything you can think of for a thanksgiving feast well it was provided to us by tj's pit stop and i'm not gonna lie to you it's a little nervous bringing the little nephews into uh the thanksgiving party didn't know how they were going to react you know the little kids they're i mean what sub eight so uh you never know how they're going to react especially when they were hungry and uh we were a little or well the food was a little behind getting here because uh tj's got a little busy right before she headed out So we had to wait a little longer than I told them we were going to have to wait for food. But 
hey, they stayed in their chairs. They only climbed up over all over me. They didn't climb up on the table or all over anybody else. And uh, they convinced everybody here at the station that they uh, were good kids. Now, they are good kids. Don't get me wrong. But they can be a little crazy. And they convinced everybody here that they're not crazy. When I walked in today, everybody's like, oh, my goodness, your nephews are so good. They're so cute. And I'm like, well. They surprised the heck out of me, and I don't think their mom uh, even really believes that they were as good as they were. But I have some picture evidence of how good the boys were here today, and I was able to steal them or, well, take them in here and steal some audio from them, a little free help. uh, And, uh, you know, they're going to be playing in and out of a couple of commercials here and again uh, on Panhandle Live. Now, they did record a couple of other things, and my oldest nephew, if I can find the right one, he wanted to talk about uh, the Shepherd game. The other day. So let's see if I can find it. So he wanted to talk about Shepherd Game, and this was my oldest uh, reaction to it. Shepherds, Shepherd Rams, yesterday they blocked a field goal kick, and they, and then on before that they intercept the ball, and they, and then they won against the um, Orioles. So there you go. That's your recap from the Shepherd win. Oh. Over the Finley Oilers, 38-31 win over the Finley Oilers in the first round uh, of the NCAA Division II football playoffs this past Saturday. And he was at the game. He had a blast. He was able to go uh, sit behind the band, and it was a great atmosphere at Shepard, so, as it always is. So it uh, uh, made a good impression on him, and that's all he's wanted to talk to me about was Shepard Rams football, which is all I want to talk about right now anyways, too. So, uh, yeah, it was a nice Thanksgiving Eve, Eve, Eve uh Dinner for me and the nephews and with everybody here at the station. My goodness, everybody here is so great. We want, we went around and uh, everybody gave their thanks or one thing they're thankful for, you know, like just like you're probably going to do around your family Thanksgiving table. And, you know, it was nice. It was nice time. So I hope uh, if you're sitting at work that you have a nice Thanksgiving party or that you already had a nice Thanksgiving party. But coming up here after the break, we're going to have Max Richmond on, a former staff director of the Senate Special Committee on Aging and a 16-year veteran of Capitol Hill. Uh, he's the president and CEO of the National Committee committee to preserve social security and medicare and the reason he wants to join on panhandle live today is that he sees a handful of things in the build back better bill uh, that he thinks is going to make you know life and things better for a bunch of seniors here in the state of west virginia so that's some important conversation some important talk coming up here after the break and of course if you missed it before the first break we had local author Bonnie Barrow-Smith on to talk about her book, Saints and Demons, which, goodness, sounds like a trip of a read, that is for sure, and a uh, impactful read. So if you missed any of that, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today. But stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsha is out for the Thanksgiving break. She'll be back next Monday, but joining me on the on the line is uh, my next guest, Max Richmond, President and CEO of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Max, how are you doing this morning? Thanks for joining me. Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, uh, there's always you know stuff going on in Washington. Seems like sometimes uh, things can get kind of lost in translation. But the Build Back Better bill uh, is one of the big things that people are keeping their eyes on, and uh, you see a lot of positives for seniors here in the state of West Virginia. Well, yes, I do. Uh, I did a little uh, research preparing for the the interview, mm-hmm. and there, of course, there are uh, positive impacts of the 
Build Back Better um, law. It's not a law yet, the legislation across the country. But in West Virginia, uh, it's going to have a pretty dramatic impact on thousands of uh, West Virginians uh, in terms of uh, their health care, the coverage for their health care, uh, the expansion of uh, the Medicaid program. Uh, I, I'm, uh, it's my understanding that in West Virginia, 31,000 people that are currently uninsured will gain coverage for insurance uh, through the Build Back Better Act. Mm-hmm. And 20, uh, over 20,000 will save hundreds of dollars per year under the coverage they already have. That's considerable, as, you know, uh, in a, any state, but in West Virginia Absolutely. in particular. Uh, it will, the, the Build Back Better uh, Act will expand access to home and community-based care to so many West Virginia senior citizens and disabled mm-hmm. individuals and it, by improving the quality of those services and the wages of caregiver jobs. This is, uh, you know, we had hoped for more funding uh, under that portion of the legislation. It's about $150 billion, but if you're uh, uh, someone in West Virginia that is going to need some help to stay in your home with uh, the uh, essentials of living, bathing, eating, dressing, this act is going to help you. Now, uh, I, I hope people uh, will understand that. Mm-hmm. And finally, very importantly, and I know this has been uh, in the media, at least here in Washington, and mm-hmm. I assume in West Virginia, uh, family uh, and medical leave, which passed in 1993, provided eligible workers with uh, unpaid, unpaid leave for family health and caregiver needs. This act is going to provide paid leave. Not as much as we wanted, mm-hmm. but in, but uh, uh, probably about four weeks if the House provision uh, is included in the Senate consideration. And that's important for uh, those individuals who need to take leave to uh, take care of a, uh, an elder or a child mm-hmm. and not lose uh, their, uh, their source of income. It will be paid. They'll have up to four, four weeks of paid leave. <clears throat> this is... You know, this encourages uh, the labor force participation by having continuity uh, in the labor force and is especially important uh, to women and low-wage workers. Uh, And I know this has been the subject, at least from what I hear in in Washington, with Senator Manchin and his some of his concerns about the act uh, overall and, and especially the a paid family leave. You know, I when when Senator Manchin ran for election last time in 2018, I went to West Virginia for three days campaigning for him all over the state. And I know his heart is in the right place when it comes to many many issues, but particularly what I was focused on was senior mm-hmm. senior citizens. So I'm hoping uh, that concern for seniors will will win the day, if you will, right. when it comes to uh, including some of the provisions I talked to, particularly the, the family uh, and medical leave. And lastly, hearing aids. Mm-hmm. If you need hearing aids and you're on Medicare, you do not have coverage right now. A right. lot of, I've met so many seniors 
who, when they were about to turn 65 and be eligible for Medicare, assumed Medicare is going to cover hearing, dental, vision, and it does not. Mm-hmm. We advocated all three be included. That didn't quite get the support that it needed, but <laughs> hearing aids uh, are covered. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, one hearing aid in each year, every five years, audiologist services, testing, and uh, coverage for hearing aids. And I think uh, that is so important, especially uh, for uh, seniors and especially in your state. Again, speaking with Max Richmond, uh, President and CEO of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Now, as I'm sure you know, West Virginia is an older state and uh, has a lot of rural areas, tough to get to places. Now, this Build Back Better bill, now that should be helping those seniors that are in those tough to reach places where it is kind of tough, you know, to get that medical care, or get people into the home. Absolutely. It's, uh, uh, you know, I think, it, I think the more... Uh, information that is out there to consumers, including, of course, seniors, uh, the more obvious uh, it will be that how essential this uh, legislation is to the health and well-being of uh, seniors around the country and, of course, in, in your state of Western. Mm-hmm. And this isn't this bill doesn't isn't just focused on you know medical things. I, there's also some rental assistance in there too, which is also a big thing for West Virginia. With you know seniors maybe not you know having as much money as they once did, and with the housing rates starting to go up, there's also some uh, rental you know backup in there as well, yeah, right? I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, I, I did look into that getting ready for my talk with you this morning. There are, according to my research, uh, 83,000 renters in West Virginia are, are categorized as, as rent burdened. And what that means is they spend more than 30% of their income on rent. And, and of course, home ownership remains out of reach for many of these families. And, and this includes seniors, of course, on fixed incomes. The Build Back Better framework expands rental assistance assistance for West Virginia renters, and at the same time increases the supply of high-quality housing through the construction and rehabilitation of, of countless affordable housing units nationwide and in your state of West Virginia. Again, speaking with Max Richmond, the president and CEO of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Now, I wanted to go back and talk about that paid leave again, because I didn't, I have not, that's the first time I'm hearing of that, and that's a really big deal, because I know my family, and I've heard from other people, of course, uh, throughout the years about how tough it is sometimes trying to get that leave, uh, you know, because you are out of that money for that period of time, and it kind of puts a little bit more stress on. So can you kind of expand on that a little bit more here? we got about five minutes till we have to get to yeah, our break. Well, you know, we have on the books now for uh, nearly 30 years the Family and Medical Leave Act. It passed in 1993, and if you're eligible, uh, it provides uh, unpaid uh, family leave and uh, caregiver needs. Unpaid leave is often unworkable for families, as you just pointed out, right. or to stay, uh, stay afloat when a new child arrives or there's a serious illness uh, in the family. Uh, including, of course, with an elderly mm-hmm. family member. Importantly, not every worker is eligible uh, for this unpaid Family Medical Leave Act uh, that's been on the books for nearly 30 years. Um, I looked at, at the, some statistics from the West Virginia Center on Budget and Policy, 
and it tells me that 61% of West Virginians do not qualify, are not eligible to use uh, the Family Medical Leave Act that's on the books. That means they have no access to either either paid, of course, or unpaid leave because of the size of their employer uh, or because they cannot afford to take unpaid leave, so they don't access that that benefit. And this is a problem uh, throughout uh, the country and in West Virginia, um, because our economy uh, in, uh, needs paid leave to encourage the labor force to come back to work once they have to leave, and it's especially important among women and low-wage earners. You know, women are usually the caregivers, mm-hmm. and and they're usually they're paid unfortunately still less mm-hmm. than a man for the same uh, same type of work. And and they're the ones that uh, are most susceptible to financial struggles if they cannot uh, access uh, uh, paid family leave. This, this is a big, big deal. Oh, yeah. And it will, over time, I believe, keep businesses stable, increase employment rates in, in communities around, around West Virginia. So I know it's been, a, it's been in the uh, subject of a lot of discussion uh, between Senator Manchin and the White House, and as I said earlier, I think his uh, his heart is in the right place when it comes to providing the basics uh, for seniors. And I'd say this as someone who spent three days campaigning on his behalf in, when he ran last time in 2018. So I'm hoping that some of the these facts and others that his uh, staff will be able to access will. Uh, help persuade him to support th- uh, this portion of the legislation. Been speaking with Max Richman, President and CEO of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Now, real quick, before we have to get to this break, can you let everybody know where they can? Because there's a lot of stuff to read through and look through, especially uh, concerning West Virginians in this Build Back Better bill. So, can you let everybody know uh, where they can go to find out some more about this? Maybe learn more about the uh, Committee to Preserve Social Security right. and Medicare. Well, we have we have an excellent website, and a lot of members of Congress and staff refer to it in preparing for uh, meetings and hearings. Uh, ncpssm.org ncpssm.org is the website. We also have a a toll-free number if anyone uh, needs to go that route 1-800-966-1935 easy to remember that's the year Social Security was enacted into law 1-800-966-1935 there's a lot of very, very, very useful uh, information uh, on the website and, and can be accessed through a phone call as well. Max Richmond, President and CEO of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Thanks for taking a little time uh, and chatting with me here on Panhandle Live this morning. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Pleasure. Absolutely. And stick around for more here, from, or here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST. We're going to be listening back uh, to our friends down at City Hall. Uh, City Manager Mark Baldwin uh, stopped in last week to talk about all the things that are happening around Martinsburg, especially as we're getting in to the holiday season. And goodness, it looks like a little winter wonderland in downtown Martinsburg. Or definitely uh, took a big look about that yesterday, and it looks nice down there. So we'll hear about that uh, in just a little bit after the break here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST the Panhandle News Network. You're listening to my Uncle Doe and Marsha on Panhandle Live.
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. If you've been staying the show so far, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page, on our Spotify page. Before we get to listening back to our conversation with Martinburg City Manager Mark Baldwin from uh, uh, last week, I believe, uh, giving you some traffic updates. 81 is still at a standstill. 81 South, that is, is still a complete parking lot. Now, this is due uh, to a accident right around the Bunker Hill exit, a two-vehicle accident. It's got a major priority Um so, yeah, I hope everybody's uh, safe and fine in that. But if you are traveling southbound on 81, you are going to hit a ton of traffic. Well, you're just going to stop completely if you're going to get on uh, 81 southbound. And this is pretty much from the Virginia or starting here uh, at the King Street exit. Uh, and the Route 9 exit here on 81 South, uh, all the way down to the Virginia State line, uh, and maybe even a little further past that. So be aware of that. And then that's, of course, causing traffic on 11, which is uh, pretty much a standstill as well, all the way through uh, from the state line to Martinsburg. So be prepared for that if you're going out and about. 81 Southbound uh, is completely stopped right now, completely gridlocked, and pretty much so is 11 Southbound uh, going from the state line into Martinsburg because of a vehicle crash. We will keep you updated on that. Uh, as we get more information on that. But like I was saying, I want to go back and talk or and listen to our conversation with city manager Mark Baldwin because there's a ton of stuff going on here in Martinsburg with uh, infrastructure stuff and then different things going on for the community. We've got the holidays around the corner. Uh, so, yeah, I want to listen back to that. And here they are. Martinsburg city manager Mark Baldwin and assistant city manager uh, Andy Blake. How you all doing this morning? Good morning. morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on this uh, cold Wednesday. I'm sorry, my script is on the printer. Can it's I, okay. I just feel so naked. We always have a better one. You know? That's we, right. We really do. Now. Thank you That's for right. going <laughs> off script for us. Well, lots going on, of course, in the city of Martinsburg. Uh, some very conspicuous improvements already on Martin Street. And I know you brought Andy in uh, to kind of let us know some of the things that are happening behind the scenes. So uh, what's going on? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, we talk about this every month. The, the project status is that those projects are still ongoing and being completed, looking at new projects, improvements, public improvements. Martin Street, East Martin Street parking lot being wrapped up. That parking lot up. looks nice. Yeah, South Georgia Avenue, South Alabama wrapping up, uh, buttoning up for the winter, come back in the spring and do some work. Mm-hmm. Underpass, we're still reviewing the bid. Uh, so we got a lot of projects we're still in, in the works with. But you're right, I brought Andy in. Um, Andy's been with the city now for over a year, year Andy's and a half. Jack of all trades, isn't he? Um, well, Andy comes with a very, very um, you know good background for mm-hmm. the city of Martinsburg. Uh, attorney by trade. There you go. Um, was a city manager in, in Ranson for for several years, and their attorney. Mm-hmm. So um, you talk about having a great um, individual and asset for myself and the city and mayor and council. Um, you know. He's he's a sharp guy, so I brought him in today because we had some time. The mayor wasn't available this morning; he's, right. he's out traveling, and and Andy's doing a lot of things behind the scenes with with some technology with various departments. You know, assisting me assisting me with all those projects we talk about. Yeah, we're we're. We're all over the place, but I thought it'd be interesting to hear his perspective on some things he's doing. Well, Andy, go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. That was a nice little intro there from Mark. 
Well, good morning. Thanks good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for first, being here. First of all, I want to stand up for the DNR. My father-in-law was a, a, a national... <laughs> Always have to was, be careful what hey, you say. That's hey, why I brought him. But for, it was, for 37 years, and he was one of those law enforcement now, guys. So. Now, notice notice he said his father-in-law. Yes. Okay. So that, I feel like that kind of is something that he might have had to say there. Kinda. Okay. I did have to say that. Wow. <laughs> but I love my father-in-law, so I'll stand up. Those guys are good guys. Absolutely. Anyway, it's safe out there. Yes. As uh, Mark was saying this is kind of a re- in a weird way a return for me i actually started my career at bulls rice mm-hmm. and about a year after i was a rookie lawyer um the martinsburg's planning commission board of zoning appeals lawyer and prosecutor resigned and they came to me and said would you like to i was a young associate said would you like to do this and you know when you're a young associate you say yeah and wow. i had no idea really what i yeah, was you doing say yes when they ask you <laughs> But I learned real quick. So I was really Martinsburg, one of Martinsburg's lawyers for three years. So this is kind of a return, and I've really enjoyed the last 18 months. Say, how are you getting along? Well, other than the boss sometimes can be hard to deal with. (laughs) No, it's great. I really enjoy it. There's a lot of things going on here, a lot of exciting things. Martinsburg's really in the middle of a a transformation. It really is. Uh, I moved here in the mid-'90s with the – you know, the stuff going on downtown, the redevelopment of Foxcroft Avenue, the new announcement of Interwoven, which is just ginormous. Huge. Yeah, huge. that's really cool. Ginormous. I mean, for 20 years, I've gone by there, along with a lot of other people saying, if only. Mm-hmm. And now the if only is going to happen, and it's going to make an incredible impact on, on the city. And, and that is a result of a lot of work and a lot of effort over many years from many people. You know, economic development's very much a team effort from the sanitation worker to the head guy the first thing that you know you never know who's going to drive through your town Mm -hmm. and they want to make sure it's clean they want to make sure it's safe you have good infrastructure good utilities the council gets along that there's no bureaucracy it really is a team effort to get quality economic development and i think martinsburg's proven that that it can it can land the the big fish well, speaking of big, uh, you know, a lot of big money has been coming down the federal pipeline, more to come. Um, so what part do you play in in helping, you know, assure that those dollars get spent, you know, where they need to be? I know there's been uh, an effort to get some of the, the public input. Uh, so where where does the city of Martinsburg stand there? Yeah, I'll, I'll let Andy pipe in. Um, I mean, the first thing is there's a lot of rules, regulations, policies. It's great that you we have an, an attorney that's, mm-hmm. that's that's you know um, certified to practice law and you know it's it's registered and has his you know, license to do law in West Virginia. Even though we have a full time attorney that guides us and that's the final say, but being able to review agreements and policies, procedures in house, we get a lot of things done quicker. So you know Andy can help real quick of of looking at those as we're looking at projects, and I'll let him explain his role. Well, you know a lot of people say this is a once in a generation. Uh, effort to for the federal government to bring money to local governments but actually if local governments in the county and the state can prove that this is a model it actually should be the routine not the once in a generation you know prior and this is before me when i was probably watching sesame street but prior <laughs> pri- you know back in the 19 mid 1880 mid 1980s say 1880s goodness 19 <laughs> don't date yourself that we had federal revenue sharing and we would directly get funds from the federal government and that ended in the in the mid 1980s and this is really the first time since then that there has been a significant tranche of money 
that has come from the federal government to localities. And I think that there are a very there are a lot of competent local governments that are ready to show that this shouldn't be a one off uh, item. This should be a routine that that local governments know how to spend money the best on their local on the local level. What then are the priorities? Because, you know, Martinsburg has proven itself that the city management to be pretty fiscally responsible, running at a, a surplus most of the time mm-hmm. um, in, in recent years. What then become the, the spending priorities for a big pot of money like this? Sure. That big pot of money that's coming our way is about $9 million. Um, and there's, there's, you know, there's treasury has guidance on how to use those dollars. Well, Martinsburg is, you know, chosen the guidance out of that, that we're going to get our money very quickly. Then it's ours to divvy out um, as we see fit per se, but we're trying to stay within the confines of that guidance. So council's already um, budgeted about $7.2 million of 9 million for water, sewer, stormwater, public improvements, police, fire, EMS um, expenditures um, that we've already budgeted and set aside for the next, you know, one, two, three years of purchasing over the, you know, as we go out to bid and, and do, you know, those items so so forth um there's some money left on the table for you know the community businesses that we're going through grant applications right now and review that we can divvy out some money to the community where it fits into the, that guidance again we're speaking with uh, martinsburg city manager mark baldwin and assistant city manager andy blake uh, speaking about all the money that's coming in and where it's going to start being divvied out but it seems like uh, you've had a pretty good jump start on a lot of these uh, improvements and infrastructure improvements and then uh I guess if you keep on the same track, it looks like you're going to have a lot. Well, I won't say a lot of that money, but a portion of that money that you can spend on, you know, the, what they say, the way of life type of, sure. well, the human quality, infra- of, life. Yeah, quality sure. of life, human infrastructure. Oh, human type infrastructure. Of stuff. Yeah. Here's your political buzzword you for it. Yeah. yeah, we were very careful. I think there's one project that, that we put in this new pot of money that really hadn't started construction yet. Everything that's in this new money is are things that were either being considered for design um, or going out to bid, it's new. So we didn't shift a lot of dollars. So mm-hmm. it's, it's new things coming down the pike that, that we can do very quickly that maybe we had to wait a few more years to get those dollars and funds available and, and get those improvements completed. We also have ability, we think, another tranche of money that the president just signed with mm-hmm. the infrastructure bill. And, um, you know, we hope and we're hopeful, you know, MARC funding has been a, a topic of debate over the years. And we saw Senator uh, Manchin's editorial in the paper saying that part of that infrastructure bill would provide more funding for Mark. So um, we're trying to look into that more. We're, we're thankful if that's the case, because that has been a very big driver for economic development in the city of Martinsburg, including the new Shenandoah interwoven and other, and especially in the middle of uh, the pandemic, where people decided that they did not have necessarily go to the office to mm-hmm. work, and they could choose to live anywhere they wanted right. to. And we're really trying to take advantage of that. So we're hoping the infrastructure bill did solve that ongoing problem and provide some certainty, not just one year of funding, mm-hmm. but multiple years of funding, so we can actually market that and feel comfortable and confident that we can market it without it being pulled under the rug from us. Because it seemed like for a while there, every year it was in danger of being taken away because um, Maryland needed more money from us. And the, you know, the legislature would try to, you know, ask the different municipalities impacted 
for more cash, but if there was an infusion of money that would make that more solid, uh, that would be yeah, sure helpful. Yeah, the, the the new you know the developers of the interwoven they're aware of the Mark train and it's, and that was a little bit of our conversation with City Manager Martinsburg City Manager Mark Baldwin and Assistant City Manager Andy Blake. If you missed any of that, you can always listen back to it over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. We want to give you a quick uh, traffic update before I leave you for today. It seems like eighty one southbound is back up and moving. Uh, the whole length of it. So if you're getting out uh, on 81 and you're going south, well, looks like you can move again. But uh, that's going to do it for us here on Panhandle Live for today. If you missed any of it, we had Max Richmond, the president and CEO of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Uh, we also had Bonnie Barrow-Smith, author, on to talk about saints and demons, all kinds of stuff. So if you missed it, listen back to it a little bit later on today. I'm Jordan Icewater. It's been Panhandle Live. We will talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.